Fans of the Dynasty Invest podcast, if you feel like there was one particular episode in the back catalogue in the anthology of Dynasty Invest podcast episodes that really, really, really was massively valuable to you, feel free to share that with a fellow dental colleague who's in a similar position so their understanding of finance can be elevated and they can hit the next level of financial success in their life. Also, as well as that, if you could take two seconds to rate and review this podcast, it would mean the world to me. What that would mean is that it drives this podcast further in terms of reach so that more dentists across the world can be able to benefit from the knowledge contained therein. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the Dentists Who Invest podcast. Hey team, welcome back to another episode of the Dentists Who Invest podcast with Returning face, although having said that, it's been ages, hasn't it, Sarah? It's been yeah. way too long. Returning face, mortgage expert, Sarah Grace. How are you, Sarah? Yeah, great. Thanks, James. And you? Absolutely you wonderful. Cold. You've got a bit of a cold, have you? I've got a bit of a cold. So apologies <laughs> in advance. Apologies in advance. Uh, so a uh, little disclaimer in there at the beginning. If anybody hears me yeah. snuffling, that's what's going on. I'm going to do my best to mute because uh, when that happens, if it happens because uh, it's not the most appealing sound, of course. But yeah, slight heads up on that one. Anyway, Sarah, how have you been since we last spoke? What's fresh? How are yeah, things well, going? We... You know what? It's been, we did the math the other day, right? And I know the old adages, everybody's like, yeah, time flies and all of that. Everybody says that over and over and over again. But oh my goodness, it really does, because it's been two-ish years since we last Three. Yeah. Three, no. Wow. Yeah, we were in the realms of lockdown and covid second lockdown i think and god knows what yeah wild wild well you know what for anybody who hasn't seen that episode it might be nice if you did a little bit of an intro about yourself sarah uh yeah so i've um been in the mortgage market since 1992 um uh i worked with dentists since 2004 um, and I set up my own show in 2012. So I've been on my own, doing my own gig uh, for, gosh, nearly 12 years. Awesome stuff. And what what unique things, what unique challenges do dentists have whenever it comes to mortgages? Or what makes them such an interesting niche, do you feel? Uh, self-employed predominantly self-employed, which out of all of the professionals uh, out there, um, it's quite unique having everybody typically self-employed, you know, because the associate equivalent in the law world will be, you know, a uh, uh, salaried or whatever. So that's the that's the main thing. Um, and then the biggest challenge, I would say, is accounts. You know, they haven't got two years accounts or they've changed entity from a sole trader to a limited company. I'm getting a lot of that at the moment um, because their accountants sort of uh, said to move to a limited company. And so, so yeah, that, that can be that can be challenging. Um, so, yeah. Gotcha. Good stuff. OK, top stuff. Well, anyway, so this episode is called Mortgage Market review and we are going to talk about exactly what it says on the tin today which Mm -hmm. is to review the mortgage market effectively because it's been somewhat tumultuous recently and you know what it would be really nice to do for anybody who was maybe not necessarily so aware of that fact maybe if we could just bring them up to speed Sarah 
Right, so we've uh, the market was starting to increase grape-wise at summer last year. Uh, so we were on average seeing the fixed rates on offer going up about 1% or half a percent a month from about the month of May through June, July, August. And then we were looking at five-year fixed rates at about five, uh, 3.29 uh, in in uh, September. And then Liz Trust, <laughs> we all know that story, or, or if you don't, she... Uh, she put the markets into turmoil and a lot of lenders actually went out of the market because it was too volatile. Um, so they were sitting out of the market. So you you went to, I think in, in October, there was only something like 2,000 mortgage products as opposed to like 20 or 1,000. So, you know, it, it, was, it was so volatile that lenders just pulled out of the market. Um, even a large lender like HSBC paused for two days where they pulled out of the market. So, you know, that, that just shows how volatile it was. Um, and then um, sort of November, it started to stabilise when I suppose Rishi got in. Um, and uh, But rates then were like five-year fixed. They were 5% plus. Uh, even approaching six percent, um, and and then sort of from November through to June, rates were on a downward trend, as in the fixed rates. Um, and then July, the inflation news in the US and in the UK were not good, and. Again, that created more volatility in the what lenders call how lenders price their fixed rates, and that's on the swap rate. Uh, swap rates became very volatile, not dissimilar to September when Liz got in, um, and uh, but not quite as bad. Um, and then rates peaked again. But we're in we're in that sort of moment at the moment where they're, they're starting to reduce down again, and we can now we went up to probably a five year fix with a good deposit at around sort of five point eight percent, and we're now down to about four point six something like that. So so you know it is going in the right direction. The market's a lot more stable. Inflation news that looks like. That's all sort of getting better, um, and so so I'm hoping that we're we're in a bit more of a stable market again now. Good stuff. Okay, and if we could just really, really, really break it down, you know that term swap rates. What does that mean? Yeah. So how how lenders because lenders quite often don't lend their own money or what they want to do is they want to hedge against the variable rate because all of their lending that they do typically is variable is on the variable rate but they want to offer fixed rates but they don't necessarily want to take that risk themselves so what they will do is they'll go to the money markets and they will uh, go onto the swap rate markets uh, so anybody can do a, a Google search on GB 
Great British Crowned, swap rates, and you can see what the what the swap rates are. And that's that's the money marketeers um, offering a rate for the lender to swap their variable rate, and they will give them fixed rate back in in return. So that that protects the lender. It gives them, you know, security of knowing that whatever happens to the rates, you know, they're 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 okay. Um, so so then the, whatever they buy that money in, they charge a little margin on top, anything up to one percent. But at the moment, that margins are really being squeezed because the market has slowed down. And so everybody's fighting for their share of the market. So the margins are squeezed at the moment. Um, and I think, you know, although everybody thinks that lenders are the big bad boys, um, they're, they're in the business to lend money. They, they, and, and they want to try and help people as much as possible coming off like one, one or, or 0.9 fixed rates going on to rates of like four or five percent or even six percent. Um, they want to try and soften that blow as much as possible for, for their existing borrowers as well. So um, you know, that that's the market we're in. So um so yeah, they will charge their margin on top, which is, you know, it can be up to one percent, but you know, it's typically around sort of half a percent. So, so the swap rates at the moment, two-year fixed rates are more expensive, and that's because the money marketeers are thinking that the two-year bank base rate is going to be higher on average than, say, over five years. Uh, so you get a better deal on a five-year fix. At the moment, we're probably seeing about half a percent or 50 basis points, as they, they call it, uh, difference between a two-year and a five-year fixed, which historically, two-year fixed have always been cheaper than five. Uh, it's kind of like bonds then, really. That's how bonds yes. work as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which yeah. makes sense because it's all borrowing. Yes, yes, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. Okay, brilliant stuff. Thanks so much. Do you know what I'd be really interested to hear? I'd really be interested to hear someone who is in the field and an expert on mortgages talk about how the interplay between the Bank of England base rate and the mortgage borrowing rate, how, it, how are those two things connected? Because I know they're not precisely the same thing, but it is known that when the Bank of England base rate fluctuates, so do mortgage rates as well. Yeah, so there's only about 20% of lenders or the whole of the mortgage market on variable rate. Because if you're looking at majority of lenders, what they call SVR, standard variable rate, they're, they're anything between 75 and 9%. So, so, um, and, and that, that is Bank of England base rate at the moment is 5.25. So, so, you know, that 2% or more margin that lenders are, are charging, that, that's, that's, you know, that's what they, they're charging on the variable rate. But, you know, my clients, it's very unusual you'll sit on a, 
on the lenders SVR unless you're specifically doing it for some reason because you know you've come off your rate and you're halfway through a, a sale transaction and you don't want to be in early redemption penalties and it's not worth remortgaging for for a few months or something like that. So um, it tends to be very old accounts where you perhaps had your 25 year mortgage. Uh, if you took it out, you know, 20 years ago and you've got five years left and you've just not been bothered to do it. But, you know, any any good mortgage brokers out there will have a list of, of their rates that are coming up for renewal of their clients. And you, you, you sort of manage that before they come off their rates. Real quick, guys, I've put together a special report for dentists entitled The Seven Costly and Potentially Disastrous Mistakes That Dentists Make Whenever It Comes to Their Finances. Most of the time, dentists are going through these issues and they don't even necessarily realize that they're happening until they have their eyes opened. And that is the purpose of this report. You can go ahead and receive your free report by heading on over to www.dentistuinvest.com forward slash podcast report. Or alternatively, you can download it using the link in the description. This report details these seven most common issues. However, most importantly, it also shows you how to fix them. I'm really looking forward to hearing your thoughts. Right, got you. Okay, cool. So obviously this is a mortgage market review and you've covered the terminology of the mortgage, mortgage market from a high level. Let's get into what is presently happening and the give everybody a little Beg your pardon? The crystal ball. Crystal ball. Ah, <laughs> that's coming. That's definitely coming because everybody, every mortgage broker's favorite question is what are the interest rates going to do next, right? Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll come to that. We'll come to that. So I'm interested to know. So what would be your, and you might have said this already, what would be like a typical fixed rate for two years that you're seeing out there at the minute? So, so it, it, it depends. If, you're, if you've got 40% deposit equity, you've got two years accounts and you can go, you know, your vanilla, so to speak, you, you, you know, and you can be the rate tart, um, five-year fix, um, you know, uh, 4.6 around. And and then the two year fix last week we had a lender that just broke the five percent mark, so you can get just under five percent on the two year fix now. Yeah. But but you know if you're a, if you're new to the market, a first time buyer with say a ten percent deposit, and then you've got no accounts, um, or you've got you know pay schedules for less than one year and you've got no accounts um you know you're you're looking at rates over six percent oh really wow yeah Yeah. so so scottish widows um which probably a lot of people that are listening to this have had a mortgage with scottish widows in the past as they were the first lender back in the noughties to bring up um Using pay schedules for dentists without accounts, and they have their they have their market to themselves for a very long time on that basis. Um, but over the last, especially over the last two or three years, I've been working with several lenders to bring out 
pay schedule criteria with lenders. And I'm, I'm just running a pilot scheme with another lender at the moment. So um, which that seems to be working well. Um, but yeah, the Scottish widows, unfortunately, are exiting the market on the 17th of November. They're still looking after their existing customers, but um, no new borrowers will be able to go to them. But, you know, they're, they're, they're priced out of the market anyway. You know, their they're two-year fixed, for instance, is 6.99. Um, we've got another lender that will do 6.75, but the pilot scheme that I'm running at the moment, we've got 6.29. So, you know, um, uh, we're, yeah, it's, it's depends on deposit is key. And uh, whereas if you're looking at 90% and you've got two years accounts, you know, probably uh, around the sort of uh, 5.8, something like that. Right. Okay. And I know that what's about to come out of my mouth is a hard question to answer, but what are you typically saying to people who come to you and say, hey, Sarah, is now a good time to borrow? Is now a good, and now a good time to get into the market and get my first home? Yeah, like the thing is, is what we are finding for the first time over the last sort of six months or so, we're finding for the first time people are actually having offers accepted below market price, you know, the marketed price, um, which, you know, during COVID and that, you know, we had, we had some cases where there was like 50k over the asking price, you know, because the market was so buoyant. Um, so it is becoming more of a buyer's market again, as in pricing um, to purchase, but you know, the cost of borrowing is so much more. So, you know, when's a good time? When is a, I, I just think that that's down to the individual. If, if you're comparing it to paying rent, rent, you know, I, I heard a report last week, 2,600 is the average rent a month in London, uh, $1,500 for the rest of the UK on average. So, you know, if your mortgage payments, bearing in mind your mortgage payments is built up of a part interest only and part paying back the capital, um, you know, you are, you are creating more equity in your asset. Uh, it's it's a hard question to ask when when is like everybody wants to buy at the bottom of the market and sell at the top um the trouble is is you only know when the bottom is and the top is when after the event don't you so so um it it's if the circumstances are right for you and the cost of the borrowing fits you know buy, buy. you know what I thought that you might say that. However, that is something extremely pertinent on everybody's mind. So I just thought it was good to yeah. just air that one out, basically. You know, I, I bought my first property in 1990 and rates were 18% then. Um, and, you know, if I hadn't have bought back in 1990, I wouldn't have the equity and I wouldn't have been able to have bought the property that I've got now. So I think, you know, the longer you're in the market, it doesn't really matter what happens to the prices. You know, it's it's like stock market investments, isn't it? You you just because the market's gone down, you don't come out of the market. You you perhaps even buy more then. 
I like it. That analogy works because everybody who listens to this podcast is hopefully investing literally yes. now, or at least they've learned a few things. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Okay, Sarah, listen, thank you for this powerful, impactful, punchy review of the mortgage market. Now I'm going to ask every mortgage broker's favorite question, which we alluded to earlier. What's going to happen next with interest rates? Yeah, so... Um... <clears throat> So, like, you know, it's my view and there's a lot of economists out there with the with a similar view. I think that, so what we were talking about earlier with, with um, swap rates and that, I think bank base rate will remain, it might even go up a tad to, to uh, 5.5%. We might see another another increase. And then next year, they're, um, they're expecting it to remain very, very static. And then it will be 2025 before we start seeing a reduction in the rates. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, I've just lost my train of thought, sorry. No, it's, it's fine. <laughs> you said mortgage rates may go up and hover where they are. Yeah. 25, maybe go down. Yeah, and then go down, and that's why we're seeing two-year fixed rates, as I said before, higher than than um, than the the five-year fixed rates. So, so you know, the thing is, is predictions are just predictions. Nobody expected the the um, the markets to have done what they did um, when we had credit crunch, for example. Then we've had COVID. Um, you know, the, the, the problem is, is the economists and everybody are predicting when they're just expecting, you know, the economy is perhaps going to go through a bit of a static period over the next year. And, and then hopefully we'll start to see some growth. So, so you know, that's, 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 so, so all we can do is base our, our sort of predictions on that. What you can't predict is the one-off lifetime or, or you know, one, one-off events. So it, inflation has to come under control. Unemployment has to remain low. Um, and and no, no sort of, God, God forbid, you know, things going off in the Middle East or more than what they are already. Um, you know, any, any other worldwide events. So I think that, you know, probably rates, as long as the market remains stable and and starts recovering, the 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 interest rates will start to improve further and we'll get a bit more of a static market. So so I think that probably they're the highest they're going to be now, but you know, who knows? Who knows? I love that. Yeah, because it's very important to caveat everything that we just said with the fact that no one can predict this 100%. Because if they could predict it, they'd probably be extremely wealthy, wouldn't they, as well? Yeah, yeah. And a really nice way of thinking about this is really the economy and what interest rates do is a manifestation of what's physically happening on the earth right here, right now, at least to a degree. And we know that we can't predict the news. Therefore, we know that we can't predict the economy, which when someone said that to me for the first time, I was like, ah, I get that reality is inherently unpredictable and the economy is just simply a barometer of what's happening in the world, at least to a degree. So therefore it doesn't make sense that we'd ever be able to predict it with any real, with any real reliability, which is a really nice way of thinking about it. I thought. Yeah. 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 No, absolutely. Absolutely. And the thing is, is each individual 
you know, the, the, the question I get asked all of the time is two year, five year, which one should I go for? And 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 it, it's each individual on their own, you know, are they risk adverse? Do they like to have the security of knowing what their payments are going to be for the next few months? You know, could they could they stomach uh, uh, raise in interest rates? Do they want? You know, are are they sort of more on a high risk strategy? They want to go two year fixed and and on the hope that in two years time the rates on offer will be better than you know are they going to make some capital overpayments so they'll be on a lower loan to value in a couple of years time you know all of those things will will be very individual boom sarah thanks so much for your time today if anybody listening wants to find out more about you where can they find you Oh, yeah, so we've got a website, uh, www.sarah-grace.co.uk, um, or we can, uh, we're, we're, I'm, I'm on the Dentic to Invest uh, uh, or 0203-633-888 is our office number. Top stuff. Sarah, listen, thank you so much once again for your time. I'm sure we'll speak to each other very soon. Let's not be yeah. screened for this time and leave it flipping three years. That yeah, was, I know. I that was know, not okay. Definitely. That was not okay. We've got to do something about that. Sarah, thank you once again. See you very soon. Yeah, thanks, James. Bye. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed this podcast, please hit follow or subscribe so you can stay up to date with information on new podcasts which are released weekly. Please also feel free to leave a positive review so others can learn about this podcast and benefit from it. I would also encourage any fans of the podcast to sign up to the free Facebook community from which the podcast originated. Please search Dentists Who Invest on Facebook and hit join to become part of a community of thousands of other dentists interested in improving their finances, well-being and investing knowledge. Looking forward to seeing you on there.